Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Let's stay standing. Jay, why don't you come up? Uh, can I get two stools up on the platform, please? And Fire Church family, let's be up on our feet. Let's uh, firstly thank you to the worship team for all the uh, hard work that they do, their sacrifice of praise and leading us in the uh, presence of God. And then you know how we do church. Let's give who the highest praise? King Jesus. Father, we just thank you. Come on, you can do better than that. We thank you, Jesus, for who you are and all that you've done in our lives and all that you will do. We love you with all of our hearts. And everyone said, amen. You may grab your seats. A big shout out to Gina and the hospitality team working hard in the background, getting the food together. Thank you for those. Yeah, Terry, let's maybe... Maybe just leave it here at the front a little bit on the side. That way, thank you. Um, you know, today's quite surreal because uh, some of you know my story. I came to the Lord on a Wednesday night, July 16, 2003, at a youth and young adult night. Um, thanks to this man on my right, your left. He, I grew up with Jay. Um, he's a pastor's kid and runner. Stand up, give us a wave, runner. Where are you in the room? Somewhere in the room. Um, and a big shout out to Fiona as well, some, some, uh, some of the kids I grew up with in church, Filipino um, church. But I'll, I'm going to explain more of that story soon. But honestly, I looked at the calendar at the start of the year and I realized my 20th birthday is coming up, being born again. And uh, I, I, I don't actually like doing something like this. I even felt a little bit uneasy last night because... I honestly don't want any attention on me. I honestly want all the attention on King Jesus because he deserves it. But I figured the reason why God had me do this is he just wants to make a platform, make a way for him to come, for him to move. And then I'm going to get out of the way like Peter. I don't want to be the Peter who hears from Jesus, get behind me, Satan. I don't want to be anything like that. I just want to make, a, make the room for God to move like Jay did for me 20 years ago. So there's some of you in the room and also watching online perhaps for the very first time, and you don't know the Lord yet, but there's going to be a beautiful invitation for you to get to know Him today. Some of you may be uh, sick in the body. Some of you may be uh, struggling with things and know that God is good and He can set you free. Last week on a Tuesday morning, I woke up, uh, some of you may know this, but to a, a dream of tide waves, sorry, tsunamis, waves coming over. It was like an outdoor amphitheater. It was our church. I had my lechon there. I've ordered a lechon. It's a nice roast pit pig. That's how we celebrate in our culture. I think it's arriving about now. Um, shout out to my dad. Dad is. Uh, I've asked dad to come along and help chop it up. He's, uh, he goes through our dear family friend's church as well, but he's in the other room watching and tuning in. So I love you, dad. Thank you for cutting up the pig. Very good. Um, and, and God showed me this dream. As each wave got bigger, washing over our church, there was a sound of like ship masts breaking, like big wooden beams breaking. And I asked the Lord, what does that mean? And he said, it is the sound of deliverance. It is the sound of the breaking to the bondage of sin and slavery, to substance abuse, to fear, depression, anxiety, that in one moment in the presence of God, all of these things can be broken just like that. And just like that for me 20 years ago, Going from a, a non-believer or, or even at best maybe a half-believer to, to someone who became so fire, on fire for God, he can do that for us as well. 
And so I, I, I trust that God has called us here together. If you're here, it's no accident. There's something that God wants to speak into your heart, speak into your life for the next couple of years. In fact, I actually want to honor those who've uh, been walking with the Lord much longer than I have. I know Lynn, uh, Lynette Granger, if you're in the room, you might be here tonight, but 42 years this week. Who, who celebrated more than 20 years walking with the Lord? Give us a quick hands up. More than 30 years, keep your hands up. More than 40 years, keep your hands up. More than 50 years, come on. More than 60 years, you're probably in, glo- in glory right now amongst the cloud of witnesses and beyond. So we want to honor you as well. But without any further ado, can I please introduce to you my good friend, Jay, who led me to the Lord all those years ago. And uh, his sister, Ronna, was a youth. Hey, Ronna, give us, I think you weren't here before. Stand up, quick stand up. Ronna's going to help bring a song later on. Um, Ronna is Jay's eldest sister, and she was our youth leader growing up. And then she handed the reins to Jay. He put on this youth and young adult night, and I thought, I'm just going to go and support. I'll tell more of my story soon. It's going to be a bit of a testimony uh, morning. But then uh, this man has impacted my life so much that I look back over the last 20 years, and I just lost it on the phone within two weeks ago, driving back from this beautiful conference. And I said, bro, if it wasn't for your sacrifice and your obedience to God, I don't know where I'd be today. And so we became, over the years, best men for each other's weddings. And so, hello, Anne, and uh, my gorgeous wife, Jess, is upstairs with the kids. But she'll be with us tonight. Jess is going to lead us into worship tonight. And we invite you to come along to that as well. But without any further delays, I'm going to hand it over to my good friend, Jay. I... I'm just overwhelmed. I'm sorry, guys. Three months ago, I got a call from Alex. And he explained today. And I'll be honest with you, (laughs) I wasn't in a good place at that time. And, but it was such perfect timing because when he shared with me that he's been saved for 20 years, in that 20 years, we've been so close, but in the past few years, I'd say even since before 2020, just just life happened. And we haven't been as close as as we've been in the past, but Nothing's changed. And we, when he explained today, it was just God speaking to me and reminding me of how much his love extends out from our obedience to him. And I remember him sharing that it's my 20 years of being saved. And I thought to myself, wow, has it been that long? And, and Alex will share his story, but just a little bit of my side. As you understand, my sister Rona was the, the, the youth leader back in the day, 20 years ago, and we ran a ministry. My dad's a pastor, and I'm a pastor's kid, and we had a youth ministry then. It was called Excel Youth, um, which <laughs> we were running outreach events on a Wednesday night. How weird is that? A bit 
on a Wednesday night. And it was at the Cranbourne Masonic Hall. <laughs> if any of you have been there, odd place to have a, an outreach Excel youth service. But it was July 16 on a Wednesday night, and it was at Cranbourne Masonic Hall. And it was actually the first message that I had preached ever. I was this young 18-year-old kid who my sister was just like, why don't you preach? And my immediate thoughts were, I've never preached in my life, but heck, why not? He asked me three months ago, can you preach that same message and share that same message? I can't even remember what my, my wife tells me to do on the same day. So when he asked me to preach the same message, my immediate question was just like, do you remember what I preached on? And he said, yes, I do. <laughs> and, he, and he mentioned that the very thing that he shared was, that I shared was on unconditional love. And I want to sing this song. Now, disclaimer, when I hear preachers sing, I cringe. Alex will pray for you after if you're cringing right now. <laughs> but if you know this song, sing it along with me. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak. But he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. I love how this song explains that the Bible tells me and you sitting here today that Jesus loves us. And you know what? If we were to summarize the bigger picture of what the Bible actually is about, it is that God went out of his way to show humanity his love. And you know, what, you know what's amazing about what the Bible tells us is that this love is unconditional. We, we jump back to the book of Genesis in chapter 1. And after he had created all the beasts of the planet, of the earth, and humanity, and the world itself, the very thing that he said was that everything he created, he said that it was very good. You know what's amazing and what's so profound to me is that in amongst this world and humanity that he created, which was very, very good, it's so profound that us as human beings, he created us in his image. And I know for myself, I often take that for granted, but I share that with you this morning as a reminder that each and every one of us, Alex, myself, 
each of you listening, even online, we are all created in his likeness. And from that creation, what began immediately was this perfect relationship between God and humanity. It's amazing that God and man actually walked together. They walked and talked together on this world. And that is how God intended it to be. However, jumping from the book of Genesis chapter 1 to chapter 3, something occurred which was not so good. And it changed, it changed the course of mankind. In our humanity, this perfect relationship that God had created, that God had intended it to be, it was fractured. And this happened from one single mistake that all of us Christians speak of as the fall of man. God created the first man and woman Their names were Adam and Eve, and they ate this fruit, which was from a forbidden tree, even after God had told them not to. It's amazing that they had free reign on this newly created world, and God had placed them in this garden called Eden, and told them, have free reign, eat whatever you like, there's just this one tree, don't eat of it. Yet temptation creeped in and this mistake was born. Or in other words, this sin fractured this relationship. I don't know if I should be standing, but... um, (laughs) Preach it. And this mistake, this sin fractured this relationship that God had intended it to be. Now, although doom and gloom, you know what? This opened up an opportunity for God to put a plan in place to restore this relationship. What was fractured, God had immediately put a plan in place to restore this relationship. Now, we all know that the Bible comes in two parts the Old Testament and the New Testament. And right through the Old Testament, we read historical events of how God's unconditional love time and time again were reaching out to the people of Israel. Regardless of the ongoing sins, the ongoing failure and the mistakes that had plagued the Israelites. And then we jump to the New Testament where we read in the second part of the Bible, this is where God demonstrates his unconditional love, not only to the Israelites, but to the whole of humanity. Isn't that amazing, guys? That God demonstrated his unconditional love, not only to the people of Israel, but to the whole of humanity, and he did it in a way that no one had ever seen before. And that was through his son, Jesus. 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 Can we just say that right now? Jesus. Jesus. John 3, 16 to 17. I know a lot of you are familiar with this. I grew up memorizing this verse. 
I remember my dad sharing it from the pulpit many, many times, and I heard it over and over again. I'm sure that Alex would have shared it a million times, but God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that that through him the world might be saved. God made a way through his son for this fractured relationship to be restored. And for those of us who have experienced this love and are living in, the restored, in this restored relationship, we all know that it was made possible by the death of Jesus Christ on the cross through this very act of forgiveness. Through this very act, forgiveness took place. The fall of man, this sin, forgiven once and for all. This unconditional love extended to us even when we didn't deserve it. Salvation for a fallen world. I stand here today proclaiming salvation and the good news of God's unconditional love. 20 years ago, I proclaimed, I acted in obedience to God, sharing this unconditional love. And when Alex told me that that's the very thing that I shared, I share, with this, I share this with you today. And we're celebrating 20 years of this very man being saved. That's just amazing, guys. Let's put our hands together. I know he doesn't like the limelight. But the, for the purposes of reflecting on 20 years ago, you all know I preached my very first message. I was 18 years old. To be honest with you, when I preached the message at this youth service, I was actually crying right through it. I was in tears. I don't even know what I was saying. But I know that in the moments of me crying and sharing this message, God was working on this man's heart. Holy Spirit was speaking, moving, and he was experiencing this love like he'd never experienced before. This unconditional love. We grew up in church together. We met as kids. And to be honest with you, we didn't meet as... His name, I knew him as Dondi. <laughs> Filipinos are never really called by their first name. He introduced me as Jay. My name isn't actually Jay. My name is Rogelio. <laughs> it's Jay because I'm a junior. I have the same name as my dad. But I grew up knowing Alex as Dondi. So I'm going to start calling him Dondi now because I'm so used to saying Dondi. So if you guys get annoyed at him or he says something wrong while he's preaching, just say Dondi. <laughs> just like his Filipino, like, just like his dad, Tito Alex. I know him as Tito Alex and then him as Dondi. Tito, it means uncle in Filipino. If you're all wondering what nationality I am, I am Filipino, guys. But we grew up in church together and Dondi was this very fashionable guy. He was, you know, wearing his cross-colour jeans. Do you guys remember cross-colours for those of you who grew up in the... <laughs> he was always wearing the nicest sneakers. Always. I think he's still wearing the nicest sneakers today. He's not wearing sneakers currently, but he's always wearing the nicest sneakers. 
So Dondi, with his brother and his dad, attended church. Not as as regular as they could, but I never knew of how Dondi's faith was. And when I had preached this message, I don't even know if it was this message, to be honest. But when I preached on unconditional love, God was moving in the heart of this man. And can I just say, during the worship, I could not hold back the tears. And I'd say right through the whole, I was just in tears, overwhelmed that from an act of obedience 20 years ago, 20 years down the track, that seed that was sown into his life has now, now there's this fire church. Fire. This seed. And this man... When he got saved, we journeyed together from the moment he got saved in 2003. And he, he, he used to ask me all these questions. What should I do here? Tell me how I can reach out to people. And now I, I, I grew up in a Christian home. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a big evangelist. Um, I'm not great at it. I'm not one to, you know do what this guy does. And I remember from when he was first saved, the things that he would do out on the street, even when things didn't happen, but God was working on this man's obedience. And you know what I love about Dondi and his heart is that from the moment, from the day that he got saved, he was always obedient to God. When God would tell him, to pray for someone on the train, he would go up to them and pray for them. When God would tell him to tell someone that Jesus loves you, he would go up to them and tell them Jesus loves you. He would tell me these stories and I was just like, whoa, you have got some guts because I couldn't do that. He would be praying for people for healing even in the moments that it wouldn't happen at that time. And he would share that with me in this journey of faith along the way. And he continued on in that, regardless of the things that he went through when he didn't see people getting healed. And he didn't get, he didn't see people getting, you know, set free from all these things. He wouldn't see it, but he was so obedient this unconditional love that God had planned and restored this relationship, this fractured relationship, Dondi had experienced it for himself. Romans chapter 5, 8, it says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So with my parting words right now is that Honour your pastor, Alex, because he has been a man of faith from day dot. From day dot. And I'll be honest with you, we spoke two weeks ago. He called me, speaking of today, 
and he started bawling his eyes out. And I was like, what's going on? Did I say something to offend him? He just said, thank you. And then I started bawling my eyes out. Two grown men, 20 years later, crying on the phone because of God's amazing love. So we celebrate 20 years and it's not the limelight on myself or him, but all glory to God who deserves our praise and honour because he is amazing. Love you, bro. I'm going to sound like you when you first preached cry this whole thing. Um, Jay's message when you first preached. You can stay up here, bro, because you know you can stay up here if you want. Um, was literally with snot and tears right from the minute he started to the very end, and I, I just got compelled. Uh, sorry, it, it was a time. I had a lot of insecurities. Um, uh, I had like a, a two-week fling at best in high school. And then I entered this uh, relationship and met a girl at the clubs um, first year after finishing high school. And I, I never felt so much insecurities. It, it all kind of kicked in when um, I met the mum and she said to the girlfriend at that time, oh, he's too skinny, his dress sense is weird. And all this kind of stuff. And I never kind of thought of myself like that. And I always kind of felt like I was never good enough. And I always felt like I needed to perform. And, you know, I was in do- doing this banking and finance course at RMIT. It was just to kind of just to perform and to just look good and, and to, you know, tick the box that you're following a career path that the world will, will accept and love. And then my good friend, he, Jay, tells me that, hey, why don't you come to our very first Excel Youth Night it's a youth and young adult night on Wednesday night at the good old Freemasons Hall in Cranbourne. We had no clue what that meant back then, but you can see God living out Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it and all who dwell in it. Stuff the Masonic Hall. But anyways, um, no, it was good. It was a good venue. I, I still go past. Some of you people know what I'm talking about. God, bring it back. Please bring it back in order. Um, and I walked in early, and I saw Jay and his sisters. These are the same kids I grew up with, but there was this, this fire in their eyes. I noticed there was something different. These aren't the kids that I grew up with, although they were. There was something different. And I remember saying to myself, I want what they have. The things that I was trying to fill this heart with in a relationship, in clubbing, in getting drunk, in wild partying, I knew it wasn't satisfying me. I tasted the world and it left me high and dry. And what they were carrying, just this pure joy in their eyes, I said, I want what they have. As soon as Jay started to preach, my my heart started to turn violently within. And he did this altar call. And I I remember that my heart was beating out of my chest. I, I thought I was about to have a cardiac arrest or something like that. And one part I realized over the last 20 years in sharing my testimony to people is there's one detail that I've left out. And what really compelled me to come to the front 
you, you've heard me say this part. Jay, this guy said, he put me on the spot. He goes, if you are ashamed of me before my Father in heaven, I will be ashamed of you before my Father. If you're ashamed of me before man, sorry, the Bible says, then I will be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. That started to pull my heart, saying, you need to get to the front. I was saying to myself, get to the front. And then he cracked open with this song, which he's going to sing very soon, a song that him and um, Rona wrote. From there, I, I just had this wild pursuit of, of this God who rests in my heart, who I, I never thought I could be loved in, in such a way, in such a deep way. I, I love my mum and dad, I love my stepdad of 27 years, Peter, who I led to the Lord on his deathbed and is gone to be with him. He passed away, um, you know, right before the pandemic. But this love that I felt from God, I've never felt from anyone else. Never before or after. I've been blessed with a beautiful wife. Jess and I met at Bible College. We've got three beautiful kids. I love my wife. I love my children. In fact, I, I endeavor to make it hard for my kids at, at, at my funeral. Really, really hard for them. <laughs> that they would want to miss me so much. I'm a great dad. I say that humbly. Like many of you are in the room, I love my kids. But you know what, what it says in the Word, and this just struck out to me recently. You know that verse in the Bible, Matthew 10, verse 38. And he, uh, he, sorry, 39. He who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses my life for my sake will find it. I was trying to find my life. I was trying to get into studies, get into a relationship. I was trying to do the very things that perhaps a lot of us in the room have done to try and find our life, to try and find our calling, our purpose, our meaning. Little did I know the very answer that I needed is what I grew up with the whole time. But you see, you see the church that we were part of, we were just the, the rat bag kids that would just do just silly things. It was just the adults that kind of got into it. And that's why I so value youth groups and young adults, and it's young adults this Thursday, coming up in this building as well, that I thought, you know what, maybe when I'm 40, I'll give my heart to Jesus. I was that kid that was running away from the Sunday school teacher, remember Tita Evelyn, JC's mum, and uh, I would run to the car park. I would be devastated if one of the kids upstairs that is under Jess's care did this, and the Sunday school teacher would chase me outside, I'd hide behind cars, get some pebbles, throw a distraction, noise the other way, and she'd run. And I'd be like, ah, freedom for the next hour or so. And I'd climb a tree and, with Dennis and some of the other naughty kids from Sunday school. But that was me. And then I grew up without God for, for, for a very short season. After high school, I was trying to find my life. And it says this in verse 37. He who loves his father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. This is a radical statement to the world that I love God more than I love my wife. That I love God more than my own children, my own flesh and blood. That is a radical statement to the world. But if you've tasted and seen the goodness of our God it is a natural state of being. In fact, in the book of Colossians, verse 1, it says, we are made by him and for him. You'll never understand your purpose, 
your existence, your meaning in this life until you've tasted the love of God, until you've tasted his, of his goodness, and until you are living for him. So as much as I love my wife and my children, and as much as I will lay down my life for them, so much so will I do it for my God. Amen. And that's what he's looking for. He's looking for passionate, laid down lovers. I came into the kingdom not through works or obligation or duty, like my Catholic upbringing was. Like, you know, you, you do your, your, your rote memory prayers of 50 beads and you rotate it around and you do it by repetition. I didn't come into this out of duty. I came into this through love and the love of God that compelled me to say no more to my life of sin. And hear me out, and, and I thank you, Jay, for, for speaking all those nice things. And yes, I did do, do those things, but if I'm honest, I struggled in my new walk with God. God told me to cut off that relationship, that very first girlfriend, so to speak. It took me nine months to finally heed that word. There was, I, I struggled with lust, I struggled with things on the internet for many years. And each time I came to God, He was so merciful. And he was so gracious. But the moment that I decided to lay down those things, I realized that the goodness of God and more favor started to open up. You see, God wants to use you. The Bible talks about things in a house that are made of wood and clay for regular purposes. Then there are things made of gold and silver used for more noble purposes. Therefore, cleanse yourself of the former things so you may be used for the more noble things. God wants to entrust his glory, his power onto your lives. But he knows how destructive it will be if we're carrying things that are going to weigh us down, that are going to be a massive stumbling block if we are to step into his power and glory. He needs our character set, doesn't he? That, that old saying in the kingdom, um, don't let your gifts take you where your character can't keep you. We see that with, uh, with King Saul, anointed to be king. The Bible says he changed from one man to another. He started to prophesy. But his character wasn't there. He said, after disobeying God, and he, he, he wiped out all the Amalekites but the king and took the fat of the cattle, which was the complete opposite commandment of God, the prophet Samuel quizzed him, why did you do this? Why did you do this? And he said, it's because I feared the opinions of people more than I feared God. And I've had my times of bowing down to the opinions of people at times. But God is gracious and he is good. And I just thank God for over the last 20 years, he's been tremendously and incredibly good. I, I kind of like think of it like um, the story of David. David says it in scriptures, who am I in my father's house that you would take us this far? Who am I in my father's house that you would take us this far? Mom and dad uh, divorced when I was eight. My brother, who's one year older than me, went to um, church with dad. He would have us on the weekends and we'd go from Cheltenham to the western suburbs, St. Albans for a little bit. And then we hooked up with these guys. They, their church was in the eastern suburbs. And uh, in... in some ways growing up kind of felt like a little bit of the outcast, the, the product of the, you know, the divorce family. 
um, got involved with some you know, rough kids. In fact, even at one point, I remember one of the youth mums in my, at the Filipino church in the West Side, not, not your church, one of the youth mums goes um, to her son who was here and I was there and goes, I don't want you hanging out this kid pointing at me. He's not good. I'm like, whoa, yikes, what did I do? That was my upbringing. I, I, so I grew up with some insecurities, but thank God he arrested my heart. And all I really want to say today is he who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Are you willing to be found in him? Are you willing to lose your life, to lay it all down? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm going to do something um, that we do here every week, and, and it's going to be a little bit different today because I'm going to have Jay help me bring some people home, and that is to open up the altar for those who've never experienced the love of God before, that you're either here for the first time or you've been a few times and you're watching and you've never asked God to forgive you of your sins. I remember Jay saying 20 years ago, if you died tomorrow, where are you going? Is it heaven or hell? And I was thinking, well, you know, during the week I'm in a Catholic boys' school. I have been year 70, year 12. I think I know about God. But if, if I was honest, I wasn't sure. Is it heaven or hell? You see, it's not by works that we are saved, but it is by the grace of God. For all have sinned and fallen short of his glory. But thanks be to God for his son, Christ Jesus, who gives the gift of eternal life. Have you ever asked God to forgive you of your sins? If you were to die tonight, is it heaven or hell? And so perhaps you, you've never done anything like this before or you have and you've walked away and now it's time to come back. I remember in my first 12 months being a, a Christian, just that many struggles with sin, with lust and all that kind of nonsense. I would find myself at the altar repenting and asking God, God, help me here. So everyone standing on their feet. Let's just um, pray this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me unconditionally by sending your Son Jesus to die for me. That while we were still sinners, Jesus, you chose to die for me. So, Father, I ask for your forgiveness. I repent and I turn from my life of sin and I turn to you. Jesus, enter my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Wash me clean and help me to walk with you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now, as Jay and Rana, so good to see you guys, sing this song. It's a song about God's love and how um, 
He'll be there for you. And I can 100% say with all of my heart, He's been there for me for the last 20 years. So if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you're rededicating your life, can I ask you to be bold and come out to the front? God has heard your prayer. He just now wants you to make a public statement. Your Christianity is not a private walk. It is a public walk to declare the goodness of our God. Yes, we have times of our private, intimate moments with our King, but He has called you to confess His goodness. Come on. There's more of you. Come. We're going to come to the song. And as we minister, can I invite you to come? And as the song is played and sung, can I ask you to ask the person next to you, do you want to come down to the front? Let's worship. Deep as the ocean 
keep singing this song. But perhaps, yeah, keep going, guys. It's a beautiful song. Keep singing, runner. That's awesome. You're in this room and you pray that prayer. I don't know how this goes because I've done it hundreds of times. And you're hesitating in your seat. And you're hearing these lyrics as deep as the ocean, as high as the high the skies will reach, I will be here for you. I remember those vivid lyrics. These guys wrote that song. It's a beautiful original song. And I, I remember, God, if that's true, which I sense it is, then I'm going to give my whole heart and my whole life, and I'm going to lay it down. And if that's you, can I implore you, come to the front. And if you've walked away, come to the front right now as well. We're going to open up the floor now. The Lord said, I'm going to break off things off people's lives that you've been carrying for years. The bondage to sin and slavery, addictions, depression, fear, anxiety. Just within the last two months, we had two people healed also of deafness. People wearing hearing aids, Kevin McCormick, my good friend Kevin here, no longer nearing hearing aids, no longer also needing to wear glasses. Come on, let's give our King a praise. But we're going to open up the floor as well for healing to take place in this space. And I've asked Lee to just um, prophesy some words of knowledge and healing. Thank you, Lord. Um, thank you, Pastor Alex. I, I felt like there was um, somebody here that I felt like a tiredness. You've been strong all your life. And, and God actually doesn't want you to be carrying the burdens in, in life. Like you can actually walk through life. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. You can actually give your burdens and your weights over to Him. And you can, it's like walking beside of a wheelbarrow. Like the, the, the wheelbarrow is Jesus and He's carrying all the loads. And I felt like there's someone here, He's like, you haven't really given your life to the Lord. And God wants you to come forward right now. He's like, you've been strong all of your life and you are tired. Come to Jesus and He'll carry the weights before you. You don't need to be carrying it. You can give it over to Jesus and He come for you. Secondly, there's also, I believe this at the start of the service, I, I hear the word heart palpitation. You haven't given your life to the Lord. If your heart's beating inside your chest and is pounding, that's God calling you. He wants you to come forward right now. Again, come forward. We just invite you. Um, and then I would like to invite anyone who hasn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit to come forward. Um, especially if you're part of the internship, can I get the, the prayer team to stand up the front and be ready, please? Uh, if you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, come forward. And, and then I got a couple of words. The word of knowledge is that I felt like there's someone here. You've got an ingrown toenail. I didn't really want to deliver this because like that's not very anointed God. But it's God says He's going to do a creative miracle. It's like you've, you've got toenails that are ingrown it's painful and we're going to pray for you and I believe after you, you you deal with it the next time it's going to go straight so if that's you come forward and yeah that's it the last thing um, I sense to do call for is the, the fire of God if you've lost your first love fire to really come here and uh, you know we, we don't just do this thing to come forward for the sake of it we honestly feel that God wants to do something special in people's lives. And I thank God I, I listened to that tug in my heart and my spirit to come to the front. And my life was forever changed. And the times that I came to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, baptized by Jackie Pullinger. I had no idea who that was at that time. 
but a great missionary, a great fiery woman of God who just taught me the language of the Spirit, baptized me and then taught me how to pray in tongues. Your perfect heavenly prayer language. Come meet us. We're going to open up the food very soon, but we just want to just spend a bit of time in God's presence if that's all right. Come to the front. First love fire. Consider, Jesus said to the church in Ephesus, consider how far you have fallen and return to your first love. Return to your first love and do the things you did at very first. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for every need that's here at the front. We thank you, Lord, for healing power to come upon every single person in this place. We thank you, Jesus, that you are restoring hearts back to you, God. First love fire to come back. Family, let's just stretch out our hands to the people at the front. Father, we pray for first love fire to come upon every single person here. Father, we pray as well for a baptism of the Holy Spirit that the gift of tongues shall be imparted right now in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord, for those who responded to the gospel. We thank you, Lord, for rededicated lives and said, yes, God, I lay down my life once again to follow you. And for those who prayed that prayer for the very first time, we thank you, Jesus, that you have heard their prayer, whether online or in the room. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this place. God, I thank you, Lord, for the mighty revival coming in Jesus' name as each heart is arrested for you, as each heart is lit aflame for you, God, that you would work a mighty move of God in our lives. We give you permission to move in our lives first, and then we will move the world. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.